Welcome to this episode of Brilliant Brains and Beautiful Minds. I'm your host, Melanie Vernicle. Today, we dive into a topic which a lot of people don't want to talk about, finances. We find out what holds people and businesses back when it comes to being successful with money. Here to join us today and share her wealth of knowledge and make business just a little bit fun, please welcome my wonderful guest, Melissa Brown. Welcome, Mel. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Excited to be here. Oh, it's nice to see you. It's been a while. <laughs> no, yeah, I've, I've seen you on social during COVID, but it's, I feel like, and I've been having conversations with people where I'm like, no, but I've seen you. No, 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 I haven't. We just yeah. know each other online. <laughs> yeah, and I think I was referring a lot of people, stuff that, you know, was out of my league. I'm like, check out Mel Brown's Instagram. Oh, Insta thank story. you. Yeah, but it was just great finance advice in a time where people were quite confused. Yeah. And suddenly <laughs> for the first time, everyone had to talk about money because we were forced to talk about money. Whereas before we were like, oh no, maybe not so much. So. Yeah, and we all needed a bit of extra money, but um, uh -huh. weren't making any. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So can I ask you, what kind of, you know, took you down the finance, you know, track? What attracted you to that, you know, early on? Oh, initially nothing. So I, um, I wanted to be a lawyer. So I grew up watching LA Law, which is yeah. absolutely going to show my age. So <laughs> I wanted the glamorous world of law. And when I started studying, I realized it just wasn't that glamorous. And I was, I just didn't enjoy it, even though... Yeah years of it so my dad was an accountant and he went well there's some law and accountant and you were good at math so why don't you do that instead and I wanted to make him happy so yeah. I became an accountant which is just so daggy and I remember um I went through my divorce at age 33 and that's I just took that moment to just figure out okay what do I want to do with my life and I started reading and I um just launched myself into books and I realized that I loved business that was the thing that I had a real hunger for and of course as I helped people with their businesses I realized that most business owners are amazing at what they do but they're not necessarily good with their personal finances or their business finances and yeah. I was naturally good at that and I loved it so that was where I really started to hone in on because it was, but it took me years and years to figure out um, that I could have my own voice in that space, that I could talk about shoes and fashion and money and that was all okay. And actually people liked hearing about it like that. So yeah, yeah it's fun. So were you, when did you start your own business? So I was 28 when I started my first business and my accounting firm. And I yep. just wanted to take on a few clients to do a bit more study. Yes. Um, so it wasn't a, I'm going to be a world leader. Um, second <laughs> business, which was preschool was 40 or 39, must've been 40. And then the money bar, which was my financial education business a few years ago. That will show my age if I say. <laughs> a few years ago. Lucky the lighting you've got. You don't look a day I'm over 21. Green, but I look very fresh faced. Don't worry, we don't leave home without the ring light. The ring light. Now, aren't we obsessed with that now? Oh my God. I oh can't my God. Live without it. I say I need it for work, but you know. <laughs> of course you do. It's my own vanity. No. Um, 
So, so having those businesses now, you've recently mm. just sold your accounting firm as well. Yeah, so I am one of the few female um, accountants where I own the accounting firm as a female sole practitioner. Yeah, um, it was a seven-figure accounting firm, and I sold it for seven figures. So I think there's um, probably the one percent when it comes to that. And my thing was sell at fifty, just take it to there. That was my financial plan. Um, but I hurt my neck last year, and I couldn't work for about three months. I remember that actually. Oh, it was just debilitating. And during that time, I think it just forced me to think about why on earth am I waiting till this age to do something when actually I've lost the love for it. Um, yep. So yeah, I made a couple of calls and sold it within three months and wow. delighted to Congratulations, have done it. Congratulations <laughs> because it's something that you've obviously had for a fair few years and you've really built it to yeah. great success. And then to sort of say, okay, I'm ready to take on the new journey. Something new. And it was hard because I had a lot of ego wrapped up in that. Uh, and I was defined by that in many respects. Yeah. And it, it took a lot of courage to walk away from it because it's the known and it brought me in an income, but it just wasn't fueling me creatively. It yeah. wasn't making me happy. And I knew it was limiting the impact I could have. So, yeah, yeah it was uh, it was a brave decision at the time, but it feels funny in the middle of COVID to talk mm. about that being a brave decision. Yeah. Whereas now I'm so grateful that I made that decision. Yeah. Wow. Really exciting. It's nice when you get that feeling and you know you're ready to take on the next oh, chapter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you free yourself up to actually make the leap. And just the space you have available. Like I know creatively I've just been unleashed more um the space for new ideas and just the space for calm I didn't realize mm. the level of stress I was operating at <laughs> and I look at my diary now and go oh my god how did you do it go back to that how was I <laughs> juggling three businesses and two that are you know multi-million dollar businesses and then this startup I'm like what the hell <laughs> Please not to be doing that anymore. <laughs> and, and just throw it on top, you know, amazing author of numerous oh, books. Like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, but uh, just, you know, throw in a few extra balls. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you start running at that pace, you get used to it, but you it's do. not something sustainable long, long term. Absolutely. I completely agree. Wow. So can I ask you within, obviously, you, because you've done your accounting um, businesses mm. and you've also created the money bar um, and you, you speak a lot on these as well. And this also relates mm. to your book. So when did you start realizing that, you know, business and personal finances, I see them as a topic similar to plastic surgery. People don't <laughs> want to admit to it and they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> plastic surgery or Botox. No, no, I haven't had that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> haven't in the last six months. <laughs> I think that was one of my first ports of calls when uh, we were allowed back. I'm like, right, beautician, hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm locked in next week. It was the first time I could get in. Oh, I think, I think there's an element of shame involved, and I've got to say it with both. You know, when yep. it comes to how we look, we don't want to. You know, I don't want to seem vain. Whereas I see it as self confidence, not vanity. Um, and I'm okay with having a healthy ego that says, you know what, I want to look a particular way. And yep. I see the same with money. I'm actually quite okay to say, you know what, I had, I had, I have 
so bought and uh, I had built and sold one seven figure business. I have another seven figure business. Um, I have plans for what I want to do with my other business. Um, I actually think we need to want to have money uh, mm. because particularly in the creative world, who I, I don't want all the finance types to be holding the purse strings and making the financial decisions. I actually want the breadth of society to have that. And yeah. often where the person that holds the purse strings and has the money has the power. And for me, when more women have that, when more creative people have that, we actually have a more balanced, more empathetic, more interesting society. So mm. I think once we remove it from it's shameful and nice girls don't say they want it, and they certainly don't say they want more of it, to yeah. actually it's just another part of life. Mm. Just like eating or exercising or Botox or plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> or driving a car. And we just need to move it back to being a tool again that we talk about just like, and let's, be honest, just like women particularly and blokes can talk mm. about the breadth of things. Yep. Money just needs to be another thing we talk about. Maybe I think we need a sex in the city show, but about money. Oh my God, yes. Sign me money, up. Money in the city. Let's work, hang on, let's workshop this one. Yes. Because after Sex in the City, oh. it was a comfortable conversation with girlfriends yep. to talk about things you couldn't that would talk be considered about awkward. Before. Yeah, no. then you suddenly could. Yep, mm. blowjobs over brunch. Whereas now, <laughs> I can talk about blowjobs over brunch, but I cannot talk about, I cannot ask you how much you earn. Like it's, it's mm. or, or what um, mistakes have you made and how could you, you know, what did you learn about it? And no one talks yes. about money. It's like you were told when you were a kid, do not talk about money. Yep, yep. And interestingly, I definitely think male, men and women are taught different things about money. So men invest together, men do business together, whereas women, mm. it's a bit more, oh, no, I've, I've, I've kind of got to be secretive about this. And if I'm doing well, I kind of need to hide it a little bit and downplay it. What is um, it with that, that so many women don't feel confident? And it's not like you have to brag that you have to no, do, but no. just saying, you know what? Great, I earned this much. Great, I've allocated this. I'm going to do this for myself or yeah. this is where I'm investing. This is what I want to do. Why? What do you think holds people back from those discussions why is it this why do they feel shame i think partly we're taught that so i'm uh i'm a big believer in our money story and understanding what money stories we're receiving whether it's from our parents whether it's from uh, the media whether it's from our peers and a lot of the money stories we had growing up were exactly what you talked about you know oh we, that's not a dinner that's not a dinner conversation mm. so you you grow up with those messages or oh that's not polite to talk about money sex and religion um or even you had georgie gardner a couple of years ago um when lisa wilkinson did the uh pay stand at the today show and georgie gardner actually came out and said i think it's crass to talk about about how much you earn Mm. So if we're even today being fed those lines, it's hard not to let that sink in. Yeah. Um, so I think it's recognizing that, recognizing those money stories we hold and then asking whether they're serving or sabotaging us. Um, yeah. And even simple ones like uh, a man should uh, look after a woman financially. You know, what does that mean for a gay couple? What does that mean if the woman earns more than a man? Um, does it mean he's emasculated? Does it mean she won't ask for a pay rise? Now, there's so many nuances, whereas if we mm. don't recognise that and talk about it, 
actually is hugely problematic and can cause us to sabotage. So, yeah. um, so my hobby horse. <laughs> yeah, I really, it's really interesting what you say because I think um, there's so many conversations that should be had yeah. and they're not had. And then so many people, oh, it's just, it ends up being tricky. And what was mm-hmm. told to me when I was a girl, life's not like that anymore. You know, I don't want a man to come in and be Prince Charming and look after. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. And I'd like to be with someone, you know, where you can, it's it's a balance of energy, money, everything. And I don't feel that one should be better than the other, but if someone did earn more than the other, then congratulations. But it's not because you're a man and I'm a woman. It's because you're at a different point in your career or you're doing something different. But But how does that work when we are talking to transgender and to, you know, different, like exactly. all of those right. messages. If you've grown up with sense. those really old-fashioned beliefs, mm. a lot of us don't realise we're still carrying that and still acting with it. Yeah. Or it might be even, I, what I'm seeing a lot of is comparison culture and scarcity mentality where we don't think we're enough or we don't think we're at the stage we should be for the age that we are. So therefore, we're not wanting to talk about it because we're embarrassed or we're ashamed. Um, and yeah. that more than enough lie or, or we think um, I'm a creative, therefore, I'm not good with money or therefore, I'm not good with numbers. So I won't be enough. Um, yeah. And it's this lie that, that really takes hold that we just mm. start to live out and it almost becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So I'm so against talking about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm so about talking against that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember my dad saying when, because I always did well at school, but I just didn't want to continue on to 11 and 12. I couldn't stand hmm. being there. I just wanted to yeah. figure Not out who I was right and get out. everyone's right for the school system. Yeah. And even though I, you know, I topped maths, I topped, you know, did well in science and did all these great things. I was like, get me out of here. I didn't fit. So yeah. I um, wanted to go and work in the creative. And I just remember dad saying, it's only because he didn't understand creative people don't make money yeah. and and he just wanted you to be secure yeah but it's this mindset and then you know as you get older it's like well I don't need a man and my mum always worked so I just mm. you know and I liked having that sense of independence yeah and so I don't want someone to come in and take over my life by any means so if you'd believe that story that creative people don't make money that actually could become something where you go, oh, well, creative people don't make money, so therefore I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, well, I think so- also I remember in the beginning money went in, came in, money went out because I wasn't respecting yeah. money, so to speak, if that yeah. is the right wording. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't spending well. You were just like, yeah. If I'm not going to make money on it, it comes out, it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> creative people don't have money, so, you know, I may as well just enjoy myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think something that holds people, you know, holds people back from being, what, what would it be apart from that mindset that holds people back from being successful either in personal or business life with their money? I think our level of financial literacy is, is hugely, um, so much to do with that. And I mean, everything from there's been global research done around falling levels of global literacy um, UK research, US research, Australian research, it's not just limited to us because money's not taught in schools. We don't talk about it. Um, so therefore, we don't have that basic, really, really basic knowledge and understanding about it. 
and yeah. that then feeds into that well it's something I'm fearful of because I don't understand it and I'm a bit ashamed that I don't understand it so therefore I maybe don't want to act on it because I don't understand it or I've made some wrong choices because I don't understand and it, yeah. it becomes this loop so that's where I think it needs to be threefold it needs to be um understand having great financial awareness understanding your money story your money type and your money um, environment and I call that your financial phenotype yeah um it's understanding it's having having that financial knowledge you know I I could tell you about every shoe designer um on the planet <laughs> so I have an interest in that Whereas, yes. and I'm sure you're the same. You would have uh, things that you're just into. If we applied yep. that same uh, appetite for knowledge to finances, we could have some financial knowledge. It's not that, yep. it's just that we don't have interest. And then finally, it's creating financial habits that are right for our financial phenotype, for our story, type, and environment. Yeah. Um, and things, everything from bank accounts and automating it or outsourcing it or gamifying it or. Um, creating mantras, but figuring out what works for you. And yep. those three things together, I believe, are what sets you up for success. Yeah, and I think you've sort of touched on it. Like people sort of realise that they don't know much and they have made all these mistakes. Mm -hmm. And do you feel that they just then don't start because they're terrified to Absolutely. look at everything? Absolutely, yeah. They'll, they'll have heard horror stories or you get this paralysis by analysis where it's, oh, I'm so terrified. You know, I've, I want to act, but I just can't. So therefore, and my husband was the perfect example of that. Um, he, yeah. he, when I met him, he was 40 and I tell this story in my book, so I know he won't mind me saying it. And he hadn't bought a house because he'd always been, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure what the market's doing. So he actually hadn't bought one yet, but he had lots of money in the bank but he hadn't actually taken this step. Yeah. And I think he's so typical of so many people where we don't have the knowledge, we're fearful, we're time poor, so we kind of don't act. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Now, if you had sort of three, three top simple steps, so to speak, on mm. you know, how to get back on track, yeah. what would be top three if you had to choose? I know. So I would... Um, so I would have some financial awareness. So I think it's imperative that we understand our money story. Yep. We understand things like is money good, bad and, or okay. Um, we understand our money type just so that we know why we're behaving the way we are. Otherwise, I think we'll just, it's kind of like a diet. We'll get caught in a loop. It'll be a short-term fix and then we'll come out of it. When you talk about money type, what do you mean? Yeah, so I think there's four money types. Um, workers, discerners, creators, and relators. Okay. Um, and understanding your money type actually helps you understand why some things work for you and why it just feels like an itchy jacket and it just doesn't work. Okay. Um, so again, in my book, Budgets Don't Work, but this does. Um, <laughs> I talk about those four things. And it's so Amazing. food, having uh, food types that work better for body shape. Yeah, um, or exercise that works better for different physiologies. I think yes. once we understand a money type and our money story, we can actually set up great habits. Um, but it's it's actually facing where you're at 
as well. So a lot of people haven't financially looked at where they're at. They won't open their credit card statement. They won't face it. So it's actually it's so facing true. what I call ground zero and saying, yeah. wow, I'm better than I thought. Or actually, you know what, this sucks, but this is okay because it's the moment and now I can make a plan for it. And then it's developing great habits. So whether it is going and setting up more than one bank account, so it's auto, it's whether it's automating your payments so that you're not in charge, um, whether it's creating systems such as uh, financial challenges and gamification so that you are excited about money and it's just, just happening in the background. Yep. So there, the, if, I could, if I could say three things to do, that would be the three That's things. It. Now, you're a very successful author and we're going to talk about your new book very soon. But no. you're sort of saying that, you know, you put time aside for that and just to really focus. What does your book writing process look like? To be honest, the thinking for it is probably five years. Yeah. Um, but my writing process is just to block time away and to sit down and write. And yep. even if it's rubbish what you write at the moment, this is when I'm writing. Um, so that it's a discipline. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, it's a, it feels like a slog sometimes writing a book because <laughs> you know that it's got to be 60,000, 70,000 words, whatever it is. Yeah. So when you're halfway through, it can feel like a slog. So you've just got to have that disciplined approach to putting time aside and sitting down and doing it. And I remember I saw Elizabeth Gilbert speak once and she said, you know, you can set up a beautiful environment and burn candles and think now it will just come, but it's not necessarily just going to arrive because the environment's right. You just have to get into that discipline of doing it and get rid of the shitty first draft as Brene Brown says, and then keep going and keep going. Yeah. And so talk us through your new book and like the purpose behind it, like what's the mindset behind it? And um, mm. now you said it arrived in your hands today, but when does it launch for the public? 2nd of July it launches. So I'm so excited. It's so pretty. And I have <laughs> to say, you know, um, I don't have kids purposefully child-free. Um, and I, I always say that I know parents aren't allowed to, to love one child more. Yeah, this baby is the prettiest. This is the one oh. I love the most at the moment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so good. So, sorry. What was <laughs> I love how excited you are. It's like, and too perfect. busy loving it. <laughs> I feel like it's a pair of shoes and I'm stroking it, which I do. <laughs> Well, I was just asked, what, what's, does, you know, what's the inspiration behind the book and mm. what, what's the message, key messaging delivered throughout the book? So what I, what I have noticed more and more is, and I firmly believe people want a seven-step plan when it comes to finances. Just give me the seven steps of financial freedom. Yep. But, and the financial advice industry does that. Here, you're a conservative person. Yep, go into that. You're in a, this is your risk profile. This is the product for you. Are you a spender? This is for you. Are you a saver? This is for you. Um, whereas I don't believe there is that one size fits all. And I'm seeing too many people give up on their finances because they yeah. don't fit in that one size fits all approach. And I believe that understanding who you are is just as important as what you know, which is what this book's all about. It's yeah. understanding who you are and then choosing habits and an environment that are right for you. 
Um, And it is this concept that I've called your financial phenotype, um, which is all about, and I think people love discovering themselves. They love figuring out about themselves. Yeah. And I hope that when they figure it out, they'll realise, oh, that's why money's been a hassle for me. That's why money just hasn't quite fitted because I've been trying to fit myself into a, a round hole when actually I'm a square peg. Yeah. And I need to be trying something different. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, I'm excited to read it too. And it's so true. When you when you find something that you resonate with, mm. you make it your own, it's yeah. now your story. It's not what you've been told to do. It's not being have you yes. been told to play something. It's this is me. Yeah. How am I going to use me and who I am to be successful? Yep. And it's exactly. about thinking that, it's a simple message, but it would get lost in finance. It gets, yeah. you know, lost on people in their own business sometimes. So, and yeah. if finance is something no one wants to talk about. No. And wouldn't it be crazy if I came to your apartment complex and said, right, here's your meal plans for the week. You're all eating exactly the same thing, exactly the same serving size, regardless yeah. of who you are, what gender, what you're trying to achieve. What well, allergies. Allergies, <laughs> vegan, vegetarian. Yep. This is this is what it is. You don't you'd be up in arms. Like, what? Mm. A, I want choice. B, this is not right for me. C, I'm in training. B, I'm uh male, female, whatever it is. Yeah. Whereas it's about figuring out what's right for you and then creating the system that works for you. So I think we understand it for food, we understand it for exercise. It's about understanding it for your finances. Now so obviously now moving in, you know, away from the accounting business and moving mm. into, you know, more the media and doing all these extra things, you've actually mm. also got your online education, which is that a follow on from the books and like. Absolutely. So it's pre and it's follow on. So um, part of what I realized, particularly as being an, an introvert and wanting to have this reach where I create transformational change for people's finances is there's only so much you can do one-on-one. And also in the financial advice world, with the changes that came about as a result of the Banking Royal Commission, Mm. it's expensive to sit in front of a financial advisor, particularly if they're not associated with a bank where that's essentially paying for it and they're gonna push bank products. So I wanted to make it so that you could educate yourself and then take charge of your own finances. Mm. So that's exactly why I created the online courses. Um, so yeah. one's financial adulting, uh, where we look at everything from financial, financial awareness through to financial knowledge, through to habits, so the three pillars that I'm super um, interested in. We're just about to create an evergreen one based on Budgets Don't Work, where it's like a light course, just to give yep. you a bit of a tease. Um, and then we have a business one which we've, because we're doing more personal finances at the next, at the moment, um, we're going to pause it for a little while, but that'll happen beginning of next year again. Great. For the Business Makeover Series, where again, it's helping people understand people are great often at what they started a business for. You know, yeah. you're an incredible uh, beauty, uh, hair and makeup um, artist. So yeah. you're awesome at that, but you're not necessarily great at running a business. And so That's the right. Business Makeover series has you look at your model and your finances and your pricing and all those things that perhaps you haven't looked deeply at yep. and give you that knowledge to actually do something about it. Mm. So I also yeah, look it's a fun online. way to do it. 
I think it's great because it keeps people accountable and to an external, not just themselves, when they haven't necessarily locked in that discipline yet. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's cheaper than sitting one-on-one and you get to learn. Yeah. Right? And I was having a look at, you know, the prices as well. They're so reasonable. I think oh, thank for, you. Like I look at your experience and your knowledge and what you'd be putting into something like this. And oh, we, yeah. we know that you have plan A, B, C, D, E, and F, G. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so when you're when you've got all that information you've got all this great knowledge and this is years worth of you know helping people that you're packaging it up and i think like the value for money is so affordable um even in this crappy time Mm. um, people haven't got as much money but it's definitely while things are a bit slower worth the investment to get it on track and i think it's definitely in a place where it's affordable for people and I, that was so important. So for financial adulting plan, for example, it's less than a cup of coffee a day. Um, you, but you are able to create your own financial plan in it and you would pay $3,000 plus mm. to have that done. And yet you learn how to do it for less than a cup of coffee a day. Plus in it, I, um, I do this one hour live Q&A every week, but in one of the weeks, I actually open up my shares and I show you how I trade in shares, but also in my self-managed super fund, how I buy shares and what's my reasoning behind it. Because I just feel like people aren't doing that. Yeah. Um, and certainly people in the course, when this happened, I had them contacting me, past people that have done it saying, Mel, shares are on sale. So I've decided, you know, now's a good time. I've got this long buy hold strategy. Now's a good time. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's just, it was just such a beautiful Thing to see people get it yeah. um, and be able to act because they mm. put their buffers aside, they had some cash and they understood, they had that financial knowledge so they could act. It's freaking exciting. Yeah. So. It'd be super exciting and it'd be such a nice thing to be sitting in your shoes knowing oh. how much a difference you can make to someone's life and then be able to set them up. Yeah. And then they can, they've got this knowledge and they can keep doing it over and over. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's, I love it. It's pretty exciting. Oh, well, this has been amazing. Yeah, very welcome. It's been fun. I've, oh, I've loved it. Me too. Me too. And there's so many great key things in here that I think people can take away from and just mm. to be open about money and start having those conversations yeah. and maybe test the waters with a couple of people. So people who are in the same boat as you and, yeah. and then step outside your comfort zone there. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to start, you know, maybe don't ask your, um, your bestie what their wage is to start, but you might say, hey, I've heard about this concept of a money story. Have you thought about yours? What is it? And it just is it's soft, curious way to start talking about money, um, yeah. which is why I think it's a great, well, great place to start. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Next conversation mm. over cocktails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throw it in. Excellent. <laughs> job. Thank- uh, money story. It's an automatic synergy. Oh, thank you so much for your amazing wisdom and expertise on this topic. I'm so grateful. You're very welcome. That's it for today's episode of Brilliant Brains and Beautiful Minds. Head on over to beautybossbusiness.com for all the links from today's episode. Till next time.